0: All right, Red Letter Challenge, part three. Nick Moss here, St. Paul Lakeland, Ken Sherman as well. We are diving into Red Letter Challenge, and we are on the week of giving. 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 Which usually has to do with money, (laughs) which churches, some churches do a good job talking about it. I don't know if, I mean, Lutheran churches, we usually, you know, in November have this stewardship couple of weeks, and we talk about it, and we never talk about it again. So it's kind of fun to talk about it in October. Yeah, it is. So yeah. uh, giving, you got any stories or, or thoughts as we dive straight in?
1: Yeah. So giving, I think for Katie and I, we jumped into marriage with an expectation that that was just something we both grew up with. So yeah. it was, it wasn't something that was new to us. I know mm-hmm. a lot of families have to work through that and have to build into different, you know, kind of bringing the histories together right. for us. Right. That was a little bit easier.
0: And I got a story on um, that I'll tell in
1: a minute. Awesome. Yeah. So the, for just to Quick thought here, I think is I think giving can be a thing that we do out of um, obedience and love, and then kind of build some good things into our life. And I think that's what God loves to do. He loves to build, he loves to build up his people. Yes, and and work through them. And then the other side of it is that guilt side. Right. And sometimes right. we as Christians, especially the new Testament Christians can start to get caught up in guilt. Satan loves to attack us. So yep. I think the biggest story that maybe to just pop in here at the beginning for me is, uh, we've moved around a few times in our life and I've noticed that, um, giving can be one of those things that Satan tries to attack with guilt because I get, you know, we get in through a time of transition finances right. and you see, you know, I I'd be going through checks and income and not sure what's income, what's reimbursement. Mm -hmm. I start to get really antsy and start to get hung up in my heart about oh, I need to make sure I need to cross all my Ts, all my I's and then you know, there's some there's some pressures from the the Mm -hmm. costs and stuff like that. So yes, giving tithes is an important thing. We ought to break that down a little bit. Uh, but just, if you're listening to this, just want to encourage uh, us all to not ad- approach this from an attitude of guilt, yes, but to approach it from an attitude of healthiness and building and what God intends it to be.
0: Absolutely. I appreciate the, the words there. So a tithe is 10%. And so we as Christians know that God has given everything to us. We don't own it. We're called to be stewards of it. So God has called us to give 10% back to him. And it is a, an obedience. Right. It is a, a habit that develops faith. And so when Candace and I got married, um, that's the tithe. It, in fact, my parents didn't even call it a tithe. I didn't even know really what that word meant for a long time. But I was, um, my parents, when they gave me an allowance, 10% had to go to church. Mm-hmm. 20% had to go to savings. 70% was mine to do with what I wanted. And 10%. You know, I just got used to it, so it was no big deal. When Candace and I got married, she didn't have that growing up. Her parents put a check in the offering plate they gave, and in fact, I think they even they probably tithed, but that tells you how much um, I've talked to them about that, <laughs> and how much Candace has talked to them about it. They they didn't talk to her about giving, but she she saw that every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So when we got married and we went to church for the first time and we were talking about offering and I, okay, what's our offering? I said, well, what's 10%? And she's like, what do you mean? What's 10%? She's like, well, what do you just want to give? And I'm like, well, we give 10% and boy, she looked at me like I had three heads. Like you've got to be kidding me. We cannot afford that. I mean, I was working for like, I think three twenty five an hour, because I was a waiter, plus tips. I was getting tipped in quarters by these <laughs> little cute old ladies that would play bridge at the country <laughs> club. And Candace was working at uh, the bank making a little over minimum wage and we were going to school full time. So, I mean, yeah. it, in fact, we came across our checking account uh, register while we were moving, doing some stuff for COVID and it was quite hilarious um, how little we made. So that took us, prob- that was our first conflict in our marriage, which, most conflicts around marriage in marriage it revolves around money in some some point, and we worked through it, we worked through it, and God worked on Candice's heart. And Candice would sit here and say, "This I'm not saying anything that that she mm-hmm. wouldn't tell you," is that it was a, a faith building moment for her. And we started at tithe, and probably about six months into our marriage, six months a year into our marriage, and we've been doing that ever since. And it, it's it's uh, it's been a blessing to be able to to give to God. And it's, it's definitely been a faith-building experience. And it's joyful, too, because you look back and you start mm-hmm. adding up.
1: Oh, that's a cool thing. We've never done that. Never
0: done that? No. No. Candace and I have done that before when you, you start to just a rough estimate. You know, okay, well, this year we gave about this, this. And you start mm-hmm. adding up and you go, wow, <laughs> that's a lot of money. Praise God what God has done with that money. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach in the book um, talks about the tithe and... He says, if someone were to look in your bank account, would they know you are a follower
1: of Jesus? That's a cool metric. Yeah.
0: I think that's a gut check. Yeah. So we, as a tithe, Candace and I, it's been our habit then. um, 10% goes to St. Paul, write a check every month or every week, whatever. Candace does it. (laughs) She's in charge of the money. Uh, And then giving to other
1: ministries is above and beyond that. Right. So that's offering... Yeah, we often talk about, we put those together, don't we? Tithes right. and offerings. We talk right. about it Yeah, that way. Yeah. But it's more, it's a spot in the service a lot of times for tithes and offerings. And I think we're trying to, do, I think our terminology is trying to articulate that distinction you're talking about, right? That 10% that we set aside just off the get-go. Yep. <clears throat> Pardon me. And then you've got the offerings on top of that where maybe God's calling you to do something. Maybe God's calling you to step out in faith and build some more on top of that. Maybe he's calling you to... um Sure. You know, support a ministry that's near to his heart, near to your heart, something like that. Yeah, and we've, so. had,
0: we've had many people in our church give above and beyond capital campaigns. I mm. mean, the, these buildings were built on that, uh, our ministries. Um, but then our ministry partners that we've been talking about, uh, Candice and I um, support A Woman's Choice. That's one of our ministry partners. She's on the board there. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's one of the, the ministries we, su- we support financially, and that's above and beyond our tithe. And so I think that's a... You know if you look at uh, and i'm not here gloating by any stretch of the means i'm, I'm just being real and that um, if you look at our bank account you're going to go wow they kind of give a lot to this church called saint paul lutheran what yeah. is what is saint paul lutheran you know what does that look like uh, well so there's a verse where your treasure is there your heart will be also absolutely and so that's you know obviously we're we're fully committed here at saint paul and so our treasure mm-hmm. is where our heart is. You know, our, my kids are here; uh, they get to hear about Jesus at the school. And so, you're absolutely right. That is, this is where our heart is, and this is where God's placed us. And so, we're gonna, we're gonna um, support that. Yeah. So, money is is very difficult to talk about in the church, especially for those. It's. I think it's a little easier to talk to those that have money mm-hmm. and they're 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 going fine. Uh, we're in this COVID nineteen weird spot where. Some people have made a good amount of money, um, mm-hmm. actually, and some people have just
1: been slammed oh, yeah. and gone to zero income. Well, how many small businesses around are going to close over the next year from what we've heard? You know, already closed. You're just talking about statistics that we hear in the news, people that we talk to in our church, just yeah. knowing that there are people who are being hit hard by the close down.
0: Absolutely. So what do you say to somebody who's listening that goes, well, I don't have any income right now, or my income has been cut in half. Mm-hmm. I'm asking you, <laughs> <laughs> great theologian Ken Sherman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I thought it was rhetorical, and you were going to answer it. No, that's not. Oh yeah. So what do you say to a person who says, "Hey, I have no income." I mean, that's a little bit yeah, easier, right? Right. Well, ten percent of zero is zero. <laughs> zero right? So hey, I, I can got to do e- math. Woohoo! <laughs> so I got an easy answer out of that one. Do you want to take the second part? Oh yeah. With okay. a cut in half. Yeah. <laughs> you get the hard
0: one. Well, I mean, I, th- I think it's again, it's a challenge. Yeah. To whatever you're making, it's still ten percent. And God will provide that. Now, it doesn't mean that, you know, oh, I, I did it for a month, and why didn't God, you know, get me X? Yeah. You know, Satan is definitely going to work to challenge that, because why would Satan want your, your treasure, your heart, to be on God? Yeah. It's going to attack that.
1: Yeah, so I think it's also important to point out here that that walking in faith is never going to be punished. No. Right. And that doesn't mean we get to just go willy nilly and be careless. That's right. not what we're talking about here. But when God has given us command and given us instruction to, um, give 10% to the church and the church is not something separate from me. I am a part of the church. The church is my community. Right. Right. You know, we are Christians. That doesn't mean that's what we do. That means that's who we are. It's an identity thing. Right. Um, and I'm not saying we go put the money in our pockets and call that 10%. <laughs> that's what, that's not what I'm getting to here, man. I'm going to go buy a boat. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No. So when I was in college and I just remembered this, you were asking me if I had any tidying yeah. stories, but when I was in college, I was living off my, um, off my checks from the army because I had put in to the GI bill. And so I was okay. getting these GI bill checks while I was in college and Katie and I were married and yada, 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 money was tight etc. True. So we were still tithing, still kind of walking there. We we're part of a local church. I was serving there. She was serving there. And then just something came up. I can't remember what it was, whether it was a car thing or a health thing, but we had a bill for about a thousand bucks and we're not going to be able to pay it. And just, so I went to the pastor and was like, just sharing what was on my heart. Said, And I wasn't expecting the church to do anything about it, but just kind of saying, Hey, this is, this is, he was at, he was a check-in. So anyway, um, that Wednesday night, he walks up to me with a check and says, "Hey, you know, I shared this with some the church members, mm. and we decided that we wanted to, you know, just be God's hands and feet in this situation. And so, here's for that bill. Yeah, that's awesome. So, it's a really cool thing just to recognize that. Wow, I mean, I didn't need to hold on to my money." right because it's not my money right. and I didn't need to worry whether God was going to clothe me and dress me and all those things because that's God's responsibility. It's my responsibility to be a good steward, but it's God's responsibility to fulfill my needs.
0: Right. And what something popped in my head when you were telling that story is that money, we just talked about, you know, what, con- what happens in marriages, what money is, creates conflict, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even though Candace and I are are pretty close on what we believe about how to spend our money, there's still always conflict. I mean, she sent me a note the other day. Is like, what was this bill again? I'm like, <laughs> uh, okay, sorry. I'll try not to spend that much money on that anymore. And but was it was it a good whiskey? It, okay, <laughs> it was actually beer. We had vacation. I bought some good beer. Okay, it was really good. Boulevard from Kansas City. That's a that should be a whole nother podcast. But I said, um, when you when you were telling that story, yeah. money can, <clears throat> can creep in and create conflict with relationship. And so I think acknowledging that mm-hmm. and having conversations with God saying, God, I don't want my the money that you've given me to become a stumbling block in our relationship. Yeah. So I'm gonna continue to have conversations with you, God, about my money. Send your Holy Spirit to tell me and guide me and send people alongside me to give me wisdom because if we put up a wall and say well god says give this percent well that's ridiculous well then now you've cut your relationship off with god Mm -hmm. have a conversation wrestle with god wrestle with god for a year on it Mm -hmm. and in fact in the the red letter challenge he says i challenge you to tithe i challenge you to tithe for six months okay maybe that just just rubs you so wrong right now whoever's listening okay if that does that then i challenge you to to have a conversation with god mm-hmm. and I, you know i've said this before to people i said you know zach actually says in the book he says 10 tithe percent to your church well some people have some some heartache around churches and the way they've used money mm-hmm. um, i personally feel st paul has done a really good job <laughs> with with the way that they've uh, managed their finances um, obviously i'm biased so Find a ministry that tells people about Jesus and tied to that, right? For for six months,
1: if you, I, I just because it it takes away the the it takes a complicated issue and right. makes it a little simpler, right? You know, if this that's between your, your relationship with
0: God. God is going to provide for His ministry and yeah. His church. Um, the funny ironic thing is, Ken, God doesn't need our money. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so if I stop writing a check to this ministry. I fully believe that God will provide as long as he wants this ministry to continue. Right. It is not me that is, um, gosh, we're eating. You know, it's not Candace and I that are holding up and supporting the ministry of St. Paul. And if we happen to move, uh, people are going to go into this crazy riot fa- fanatic. Oh my gosh, we're all going to, you know, how are we going to afford this? Blah, 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 blah. I, I've been around this church for 15, 16 years and I have watched God time and time again. We should bring Tracy Trinkline in here because she can tell stories, <laughs> time and time again, of God providing for what He wants to get done. Mm-hmm. It does not depend on one individual. Yeah. So, I think that's enough about hitting hitting the money. Uh, we also talk as especially as Lutherans, we talk about time, treasure, talent, and we we hit treasure pretty hard. Let's mm-hmm. dive into a little bit of talent and. You as a musician understand talent. I have zero talent in, <laughs> in music, but you i think in music, I, I, right? Yeah, but, but I think as a, a, especially as a church musician, you get to see uh, people use their talent to glorify God. Yeah. So what what are what have you seen as you've been at different churches and watched people
1: grow and and um, get joy out of serving? Yeah. The most exciting times to watch talent. Is when somebody's in that that late adolescent time okay because their their talents are just going through this enormous climbing phase there uh-huh. I mean I've seen uh you know I got to see the at my last church a drummer go from starting i think he was a year into lessons when when I came around and I got to watch him develop into one of the best drummers i've oh, wow. gotten to play with um uh, super consistent, really really thoughtful drummer. And, um, it was really nice to play with him. I miss it at times. And sure. so I would love to bring him here and let him yeah, uh, just get to play with him again at some point. But anyway, yeah. So, so that watching somebody develop their talent, that's what I'm trying to key in on here is, okay. is that talent is something that, um, that goes beyond a gift. A gift is something you're given talent. I mean, I, okay. So I'm parsing out something <laughs> I'm I'm adding to the definition here a that's little fine. bit. That's so, fine. talent in I'm not an the English church. major so I don't care. Yeah, and I'm not either so somebody can write me letters. That's right. So, let's just put a gift as something that we're given and then maybe call this talent so we steward our talent when we grow it, when we build it. And that's sure. what I get to see. And that's one of the exciting things about working in church ministry in the talent oriented Man, what World. you just said, that is so I hadn't thought about that way to steward your talent. Oh yeah. I love because that. you know, if you're a if you've got a gift, you know, you, you hear people talk about being a gifted speaker or a gifted sure. singer or a gifted musician. Yeah. But we usually start talking about that after somebody's stewarded that right. gift into that's true. into something that's, that's true. worth sharing.
0: Yes. And I um I actually um have an example of that, but I'm not going to share it because that's to do with my wife and she might <laughs> hurt me. She's going to be playing trumpet for you. you yeah. shortly. And that has been um, a struggle and a challenge for her because she wants to be really good and perfect at it. Yeah. And it's a constant reminder to her to say, God has given you that talent. You do the best that you can with it. Right. If you mess up on a note, that's not messing up for God. You're giving glory to God because you've practiced, you've stewarded that gift, right? Mm-hmm. You're not just showing up and on a whim and trying to,
1: yeah, trying to wing it. So well, one of the, so I'll interject on that. Yeah. So one of the scariest things about being a musician in a church is that you are playing live music in front of people, and a lot of times you're a developing or developing musician, as opposed to yes. somebody who's got a lot of experience around the belt, and you are taking a test live, where if you get a ninety-eight percent. People are going to th- talk about you not getting an A. They're going to talk about the two notes you missed. Wow.
0: You know, that's that's a really good perspective, especially for us that are sitting in the pews and listening. I love that. That that is a We cannot afford to hire. Um, we don't have the budget, and I don't think it would be a good use of our um, funds to hire A-list musicians for every single thing.
1: Well, and I'm going to say I don't. I Even if we could afford it financially, we couldn't afford it spiritually. No, I don't think you should. Because what what are the rest of the people going to do? It their their talents will will start to wither and die. Right.
0: They they're not going to use it to the glory of God. They're going to sit there and say, well that it's kind of like that um you know we are well it's almost like starting to dive into next week a little bit that whole going thing mm-hmm. is, you know, you sit there and you don't use your talents, they're eventually going to die. Um just like your faith. Yeah. You know, faith without faith without works is dead, James says. So um, yeah, that's kind of dining, diving into talents a little bit. And if you've got a talent out there, it doesn't have to be music or anything like that. Um, challenge you to, to talk to God about that. Let's talk about time. Mm. Um, God calls us to, you know, he's given us the gift of of being here on earth. And again, it dip, dips into a little bit of next week about going. And churches especially need people to give their time. Mm-hmm. And I think about youth ministry, children's ministry, um, Gosh, ushering on Sunday mornings, um, serving on boards, doing, uh, b- gosh, sorting bulletins. Man, we've had um, a lot of people, you know, trying to step up and, and do that. People can give time.
1: And what what does it look like for you when you think about how do I give my time to God? So I got to be honest, this, this is the one that that is more more marital difficulty (laughs) causing than the treasure for us. Okay. Um, and that's because, uh, Katie is that, that acts of service, that quality time is her love language is there. And so, um, you know, it's very easy for me to get out of whack and to hyper-focus on a project or a, something current. And I get into that and then my time investment gets a little out of whack. And so we have to have come to Jesus. Yeah, she's, She's really good about giving me some grace whenever there's something that needs to be done. But um, then I sometimes forget to realign with yeah. intentionality. Well, yeah, you talk so, about family life,
0: right? If yeah. You have a family and how do you give time to your family? What does that look like? Yeah. Um, it's it can we have so many distractions in our world. We can easily spend time on lots of things. Yeah. And how are we spending time with our our spouses, our kids? If you don't have a spouse or kids, how are you spending it with parents or or even friends that you consider family? What does that look like? How are you investing in those relationships? I think that's the big thing for me, especially with uh, youth ministry, is that youth of our our culture, they need adults, healthy adults, to invest in them, Mm -hmm. to know their names, to know what's going on a little bit in their life, to show up at a volleyball game, to give them words of encouragement. I mean, I mean, a volleyball game is not always the f- most fun thing to sit through. I mean, <laughs> my daughter's JV volleyball. It's, I mean, it's fun, you know. But um, I mean, I'm sitting there for an hour and a half, and it, I could easily, and I catch myself. I got to be careful, you know. When I'm there, I got to be there. I can't be on my phone. Yeah. Because when she looks up in the stands, what does she want to see? Yeah. Her dad looking at her, not his phone. So. That, I think, is a a real time killer, is our phones. And um, I think the devil works really hard using that as a distraction versus us. I almost think time equals investment Mm. and investment in relationships. And God has called us to invest, to pour into
1: those around us. Yeah. Uh, And I don't think you have to look very far. Yeah, I want to add to that. So the investment piece, right? Mm Mm-hmm because we in america are super focused on efficiency oh yeah and so we especially in a kind of a capitalist yeah, don't mess society, up this podcast i don't want to redo this we're, <laughs> we're efficient one yeah, take man that's right well so Actually, this we're is the this, second take sorry Go yeah, ahead. you just had to be honest I, I know i did It's good <laughs> So in a capitalist society where, where everything is really kind of driven by efficiency and where can you gain some margin? um, That's, that's a danger for us with our time to treat our time the same way. And I get that time is an investment. I'm not arguing against it, but adding to that there's got to be the Holy spirit involved Mm -hmm. in our decision making. You know, I was noticing, I was reading through Proverbs uh, this week and one of the verses that stuck out to me, it just just jumped right out into my consciousness was it talked about the, 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 um, the wife who can, I'm blanking on the adjective, but, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. the, the righteous wife or the something wife, but who can find, and then it talks through the, the character qualities. Right. Okay. Yeah. And one of the things is, is it says her lamp does not go out at night. Hm. And so you've got the, the tension in the scriptures because you got that. And then you also have, on the other hand, earlier in Proverbs where it says, um, where it says the Lord gives rest to those he loves. Sure. And then it also says, go to the ant, thou sluggard right. consider her ways be wise. <laughs> so you, in the scripture, you have this tension between the Mary, Martha, right? Yeah. The Mary and Martha the, the in Jesus. Jesus story where, where Mary was, um, was, ser- was sitting at Jesus feet and yep. Martha was busy serving. Yep. And I think we've got to recognize that, especially with time, there's this tension that we have to rely on the Holy spirit to, um, to guide us through because yes. there is the, where we need to invest our time, yes. and I love that word that you mm-hmm. use there—to invest our time into our families, into our into our community, into the through the church, whether it's through the church or whether it's through nonprofits, ministry partners right. here at St. Paul, stuff like that, and also taking the time to rest. Right, and
0: that goes back. to, I appreciate that because that goes back to being when we talked the first week about being and talk about Sabbath mm. rest. Mm-hmm. And so I want somebody to invest in my kids, other adults that have a healthy understanding of time yeah and i think it becomes even more important when you have somebody that understands rest and time and being with god and they choose to take that tiny sliver of time that they said okay i'm gonna spend with somebody and invest in and i'm gonna pick you Mm -hmm. i think that even actually becomes more powerful because it's not just one more thing on somebody's checklist so yeah it's good giving um Boy, we could, I think, talk another 20 minutes easy, but we're going to wrap it up here. We've got going next week, which is the last week, and then we'll do one more week and, and conclude it up. And um, it's been exciting. I've, I've got, I, man, if you have a story out there, next week we're talking about going. If you have a, a story about how the Red Letter Challenge has really um, challenged you, or um, you've got some great stories about your testimony and how, God has worked in your life. Please let me know, Nick Moss, nmoss at nmossatstpaulakeland.org. Call the church office, 863-644-7710. We want to get some stories recorded on our podcast. And I, I know there's stories out there, those that are listening. So, yeah, we'll be back next week.